Hello, this is Ruin Willow with the Oh, Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. Welcome to my podcast. We're going to talk about sexuality and writing erotica. I have an awesome author on the show today. But if you're under 18, it is time to leave the podcast now because we do talk about sex. We get an excerpt read by the author, and then we have an amazing author chat. Her and I had such a fantastic chat. Her name is Clea Salar, and she writes, Salar Stories is where you will find the spicy sci-fi and fantasy of Clea and Talis Salar. Their books are Lush Galaxy. You can also find them on Salar Stories. They have the Frost Flower and Laid to Rest is a part of a sexy shipwreck series A part of the Erotica Consortium is available in pre-order and is releasing very soon. She writes erotic fantasy and sci-fi and is obsessed with comics, TTRPGs, video games, and music. She is a chaotic bi-bard and she loves pretzels. (laughs) That's on her Twitter. You can find her there at Clea Salar, C-L-E-A-S-A-L-A-R. We had such a great chat, and we talked about a lot of different things in sexuality and culture and, of course, writing. And she gives us a yummy little taste, one of her books. Okay, quick mention to my sponsor. I'm an ambassador for Manscaped, and because I am, all my listeners get 20% off and free shipping with my promo code RUINWILLOW20. Get all your hairy parts sexy for sexy times. And get some more skin smacks in the bedroom. Get your beard ready, thigh ready, baby. Uh Uh-huh. And skincare products and nice undies. A skin scrubber. Oh, they got lots of stuff for men to make yourself sexy and ready for mm, sexy times. Ready for fucking. Ready for oral. However you want to think about it, get yourself ready with Manscaped products. And you can do it. Promo code RuinWillow20 at manscaped.com. Also, I'm an ambassador for Kiru Sex Toys. 10% off for sex toys for men and for women. Check them out. You can get 10% off with the code RuinWillow10. Okay, baby, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to tickle your brain, tickle your sexuality, and get yourself fucking ready to read some sexy erotica? We talk about sex, baby. Let's do it. Are you ready? Are you fucking ready? Because I sure fuck am. All right. Are you ready? Let's go. It was a bit of a surprise when Ellie opened her door and cooler air wafted towards her. Oh, God, yes. Somewhere in the back of Ellie's brain, she knew she should be more curious about why it was so cool in the room, but that part of her brain was buried under too much rum. She stepped in and closed the door, stripping off her clothes without a second thought and throwing herself onto the bed with a happy sigh. Compared to the warm, tropical night, it was welcome. There was something on the wind as well. She couldn't tell if it was just palm fronds rustling or a few people conversing. I'd love to spark that, a quiet voice said. It was distant soft, and Ellie wasn't sure she'd actually heard it. Why would a piece like her want anything to do with a chiseler like you? Another chimed in. You're both muttonheads, a third said. No way you'd get anywhere near that apple dumpling shop. I'd be happy with just a dog's portion, the first nearly whimpered. Groaning, Ellie rolled onto her side and looked around the room. Is someone outside? She pushed herself up into a sitting position, her head swimming a little, and focused on the window next to the bed. 
The windows were open to catch the breeze. There was a mesh screen, but all the windows also had a cane-woven overlay for privacy, likely because the windows were open all the time. Do you think? One of the voices started, but drifted off. No, she's half up sea over, probably here in the wind, another said. Just enjoy washing this bushel, bubby. That's all we'll get forget. As Ellie glanced around, she saw things out of the corner of her eye move around, little things that were impossible to completely make out in the dark. Hair in the wind, Ellie repeated. She started to stand up and had to sit down again. Oh, Lord, I'll never drink rum again. She put her hand to her head, trying to steady herself. Water. She needed more water. That still meant getting up, though. Carefully, Ellie rolled herself over onto her stomach and let her feet drop onto the floor, then slowly pushed herself back up. She stood there, bent over, ass up, for a good minute as she refound her balance. Ugh, this wagtail's gonna kill me, the first voice said, still distant and hard to make out. If only I wasn't. You're off the hooks, the third responded. She's mauled and you're a mopus. A few more breaths, and Ellie carefully raised herself up to standing. She turned slowly, looking around again. At least admit the view is nice, the second said. Oh, I can do that, the third said. If she were at the School of Venus, I'd be studying every day. Ah, to boy, the first chuckled. And here I thought you were just a molly. Ellie's brows furrowed. School of Venus, she muttered as she swayed carefully to the tiny mini-fridge and pulled out a water bottle. All she had in there was water and a couple bottled lattes that she brought from the mainland. She felt like she'd heard that term before, or read it, but couldn't place it. There was a strange mix of sound, like someone had rustled the palms outside, but distant enough to not think it was right out her window, or at least it was quiet enough to not think it was right out her window. Did she hear us? One of the voices asked in quiet amazement, and the rest went silent. Hello, everyone. I have another author to introduce you to. I'm so excited. I love talking to authors. I always think it's so much fun to talk to other people who like to write like I do. And so I am going to introduce you to Clea Salar. She is a writer and author who writes erotic fantasy and sci-fi. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited to chat. I love talking to other authors and finding out how they do what they do, what their inspiration was. So I guess we can start there. So you write erotic fantasy and sci-fi. What brought you to think, oh, I want to write this? Well, it's a little bit of a funny story. It started when we were playing, me and my husband and some friends were playing this ridiculous video game called... Uh, what is it, like Legends of Mistara or something like that? It's an old D&D side-scroller that was ported to the computer by someone ambitious at some point. So we're sitting around, not very long ago, playing this, and all of the villains were hot. Like, (laughs) all of them. Everyone coming up to kill you is bare-chested in the skimpiest... (laughs) fantasy outfit it was ridiculous your characters are okay looking but everyone coming after you is just hot and i'm like this is <laughs> stupid we should write a story about this that would be yeah. fun um, and we my husband and i joked about it for a little bit uh because i'm the like i i write that's what i do for a living um and up until this little adventure, it was uh, some noveling, but mostly copywriting and things like that. And um, 
And so we're playing this game. We keep, and then afterwards we keep joking about the hot villains and we decide together, we're going to write this story about um, a fantasy setting where the main character runs into these just stupidly attractive, oversexed people <laughs> that might be evil. We don't know. Right. And that's how it started. <laughs> that's really fun. So, so you wrote one of the books together, in other words. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, <laughs> Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven or spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. <laughs> spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. We do most of the, most of my, our saucy writings, shall I say, we do together oh, or, fun. or we brainstorm them together and then I'll go, I'll go back through and do the writing mm -hmm. um, because he, we write, we write a lot of it together, but like, he's, you know, like the tech guy, mm -hmm. but he's the tech guy that's been into D and D and role-playing and all of that forever. Mm -hmm. And he jokes about how he's a forever GM. So he has, so he has these great plots and everything in his head. And then, mm. so we'll, we'll write things out and I'm like, okay, well, that's great, but let's work on your language a little bit. And <laughs> then I do, I do all the polishing and editing. And uh, once we get the ideas on, on down on the page from that point, it's all me. I think that's really fun. And, and I think it's interesting how to think about how from D&D, &D, like these role plays can can really translate into writing erotica, like with role play and stuff like that's to me, it makes sense. Like some people think, oh, that doesn't make any sense. That's weird. I'm like, no, it makes total sense to me. Like you just described. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think maybe the people that don't get it are the ones that look at role playing from a perspective of, oh, well, you write stuff down and you roll dice. but 
know that there's also a story side of it. You build a character, you go on adventures, and you can absolutely translate that into other things. That oh, and, totally. you know, there's always the ongoing joke about how everybody tries to seduce everything in a <laughs> D&D group. Right. It's like, when we get to the end, what are you going to do? I'm going to seduce the barmaid. (laughs) Why? I don't know. Maybe she has information. Okay, fine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Totally. It's just really fun. So do you feel like with that background that that really has helped you, you know, mold you, help grow you into a place where you can write erotic fantasy and sci-fi? Like, I like it, but I don't feel like I have like an affinity for that. Like, Probably you might because you have that background. Oh, I see. I see. A little like I've always, from from the time I was very young, I have been fascinated with fantasy and with, uh, you know, I, I had an incredibly active imagination as a child. Mm-hmm. My my older sister used to make jokes about how the rest of them didn't need to worry because the elves would come back and take me away sometime soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, every time I was annoying, it, my older sister would be like, don't worry, the elves will come back for her soon. <laughs> so I've kind of always had that. And I got into like D&D and role-playing in high school. Mm. It's actually another funny story. It's actually how I met my husband um uh we um we had we weren't like we have we weren't high school sweethearts or anything like that we just um because we didn't start dating until much later in life but Mm. uh one day i was sitting in study hall bored out of my mind and he and two other young women that i had just recently met were like a table over and i heard him talking about rules and dice and i was like huh got up (laughs) and slid over and went hello new friends what are you yeah. doing? So. <laughs> um, so it's so yeah. So I guess it it has always kind of been there, and it, it's always been an idea, an influence, something. But mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a piece of a much larger fascination that was born when I was very small. Like I had all the fairy tale books. I read every book on mythology. I have always been that person. <laughs> Right. And like, I love all that. I love to read it and, you know, even thought about writing it, but I tend to write more in like real world scenarios. And so mm-hmm. I just think it's interesting how people develop, you know, which kind of branch they go into when they're writing fiction. And, you know, erotica is no different. Some people glump all erotica together, but it's not. There's so many different levels of erotica. There's even anything from like smut to erotic romance, erotica, erotic romance. Well, let's see. I think it goes smut erotica and then erotic romance and there's yeah. different yeah like and people just lump it all together and think it's all the same and it's not there's sub- no genres and and i will admit i did kind of do that before i started writing it <laughs> uh, okay because i just wasn't involved enough in and i didn't read enough of it like it was yeah. a, it was a, but um because one of the things that i had to learn is that what i write falls into erotica and erotic romance uh very little of what right is actually would actually just be classified as smut because i i like plot right yep yep you have <laughs> it's story like, in there it's not just a sex scene right? yes there there must be a story and maybe a tiny bit of character growth if i can work it in right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> 
I think a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of people just look at it and they think, I kind of think that it's all smut and it's not. No. Yeah, absolutely. It is not. And then you've got all the different genres of like real world. You've got Dom Sub. You've got fantasy and sci-fi like you do. You've got monster. You've got alien. There's so many different uh, subgenres in erotica that people just, I feel like people do a disservice to erotica authors lumping them all together in one thing. And like, oh, that's just, that's just smut. You know, like they just ignore this entire universe of erotica and the different levels. No, I think that's right. And I, you know, and you get those, it always makes me crazy when you see uh, those like readers and writers on social media who uh, make that distinction of like clean and dirty fiction. And it's like, mm, no, this, right. those words don't work. And right. just because you, just because something racy is happening in a book doesn't mean that there isn't also all of these other stories and characters and worlds happening. Like some of the, I know it's everybody's favorite example because it was the most commercially popular one, mm. but uh, the Kushiel's Dart series by Jacqueline Carey mm-hmm. is erotic fantasy. That is what it is. There's magic. There's all of these other things, and there are piles of sex in it, um, <laughs> and it's so well done. And you and I think a lot of people who are like, oh, but I don't read erotica. It's like I think you're cutting yourself off to a lot of fun if by not exploring everything that it has. And like you were saying, you know, there's modern day, there's monster. I write a, a my husband and I write a bunch of monster fucker fiction. Uh, nice. <laughs> Basically, we uh, in 2022 we got involved with a group called the. We have named ourselves the Erotica Consortium, oh, nice. and we put out anthologies, and everybody submits you know, shorts to the anthology, and almost all of the shorts we have submitted to those anthologies involve a human having sex with a monster, or a fairy, or a ghost, or they're all, they're the only things we write that are modern day, and they're all human meets supernatural creature go (laughs) (laughs) love it it's been fun fun so then you do you write under more than one pen name i do yes gotcha gotcha yes and is that how you kind of designate between the different subgenres like you're just saying so the monster fucking is under a different writer name oh no the monster fucking is still under clea oh okay oh okay so everything let's see if we if we're going to use the say the movie rating system mm-hmm. everything nc-17 is done under clea i gotcha um, the rest of what i write probably falls into a solid r most of the time okay got it <laughs> but it just doesn't quite cross that line if it crosses that line then it's coming out with uh, it's coming out through clea sure got it and you know i think it's interesting too like i'll see some people talk about erotica and they'll be like oh it just has one sex scene at they actually like quantify whether it's gonna if it's gonna be erotic or not, depending on how many sex scenes it has. And I'm like, that's just so weird to me. Like, I don't. I know. I don't understand. No, I know. But but that's also how I learned that I, you know, like what I write was erotic fantasy because the mm. the first novel, uh, like full novel length story we released uh, under Clea and Talis Salar, 
sex didn't happen until chapter 11. And a lot of people were like, why is it taking so long for sex to happen? It's like, because we're building a realistic setting. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> I don't understand because it's a sci-fi and you have to understand what's going on. I, I feel like I'm missing something here. But no, it is wild. It's like, no, but like you said, fucking is fucking. Right, exactly. And like, I've done some books where I write like a sex scene right away. And then the story goes on after that because they meet because they're fucking. That's a, that's like the first Right, because some, sometimes that happens. Right, right. And people get all bent out of shape. And like some people will stop reading. And I'm like, okay, you know, if you can't handle the fucking, then yeah, get out of here. Number one. Oh, no, for <laughs> sure. Number two, you can't handle that coming first. See, like, I don't like to write in the usual tropes, the usual way. Like that, there's like, mm-hmm. that makes my skin crawl, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I can't do it, you know? Yeah. No, and I get it. You get tired of the formula. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, if it's going to be a romance, this has to happen, this has to happen. And then the payoff will be sex eventually. It's like, mm, no, that's not how people work. A lot of people hook up and then things happen afterwards. Exactly. The fucking happens first and then it happens later. But sometimes it happens first when they first meet or early on when they meet, you know, or yeah, it drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People make all these judgments, but it is what it is. And, you know, hopefully the more of us that get out there and write things, it will open up people's eyes to the different areas and the ways that erotica can be and not, it's not just all just only a sex scene like so many people think do you, yeah. do you tell people that you write erotica or do you kind of keep that hush hush well when depending on who i'm talking to what i like to say is my totally not made up evil twin sister writes erotica <laughs> love it um but i usually if if i get a if i if i'm talking with someone and i get a feel for them and i'm like oh okay you're you're one of my people then i i'll absolutely be like oh yeah i write erotica here's my pen name here's where you can find me all over the internet (laughs) (laughs) exactly so let's talk about your books you have two books out there lush galaxy and frost flower and you have laid to rest about to come out right yes so uh Frostflower and Lush Galaxy are both the adventures of xenoarchaeologist Bellatrix Trey, who has an appetite for all things alien. Uh-huh. And Frostflower was it was our first book. That's the one with the where the sex doesn't happen till chapter eleven. Mm-hmm. But let me reassure everyone who may be listening that it's incredibly hot from chapter eleven on. <laughs> And there is so much tension leading up to chapter 11. Nice. But uh, Bellatrix is this character who she's this spunky, curvy, like five foot one. Um, She is technically a paraplegic, but she has cybernetic limbs. Uh, and the reason why is, you know, part of her tragic backstory, which we cannot reveal. You must learn for yourself. That's right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and she has a cybernetic eye, which mm-hmm. was an interesting thing to write into the story and remember that, no, it glows. It's going to light up an area. It's going to things like that. And the the first story is her going taking this side job to be the lead archaeologist uh, in this alien temple and she ends up in a subaquatic base with an entirely alien crew 
and really gets on with a couple of them. <laughs> like, there's a connection there. Right. Oh, very nice. <laughs> uh, and antics ensue. And then Lush Galaxy is the sequel to Frostflower. And Lush Galaxy is actually a collection of four novellas that span the like year and change between Frostflower and what will be the final book in the series. Mm. And those are just her on different dig sites, meeting other people, and also how the relationships she created in Frostflower evolve as she goes about her life and uh, finds new things and learns to maybe let her guard down a little bit because she's very independent in the first book, Got it. perhaps to her detriment. Right. It can be. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And then uh, Laid to Rest, which is the book that's coming out, is actually part of, it's an erotica consortium project. And it's part of a series called the Sexy Shipwreck series. And so we all, not, well, not all of us, but I think like 10 of us, maybe less. (laughs) Uh, I have to look that up. Sorry. Now I feel silly. It is nine. There are nine stories, uh, uh, and they uh, the stories themselves. The only the thing that they have in common is that they all involve shipwrecks. Okay. But some people did, you know, some of them are sci-fi, some of them are historic. Uh, but the the uniting theme is that they they each center around a shipwreck, and laid to rest is the it was our submission to this adventure. And uh, it's the story of Ellie Jepson, who is a treasure hunter or wannabe treasure hunter who's had a string of bad luck, but she has finally found a schooner off the coast of Jamaica that should have, excuse me, a pretty good haul of aged rum in the cargo hold that mm. was sunk, you know, in, in the final years of the golden age of piracy. And so she hires a ship to take her out there to see what she can find and encounters uh, the ghostly remains of the crew who perhaps have a price that they demand before they will let her have everything she's there for. Got it. Now, would you it, classify all of them as erotic romance? Um, I would classify Laid to Rest more solidly as erotica. Okay. I would say that Frostflower and Lush Galaxy are more erotic romance because they have these huge story arcs and uh, multiple characters. A lot is going on. Uh, But while Laid to Rest does have a story, because I seem to be incapable of writing anything that doesn't, (laughs) I've tried. It's like, no, they're just going to have sex. But also she has this terrible secret and it's going to come up and blah, blah, blah. I I can't (laughs) stop myself. Exactly. Um, I'm so bad with word limits, you know, with maximum word limits. It's like, and it can't be more than this many. It's like, but I have a really good idea and I need like (laughs) 3,000 more words, please. I get it. Yeah. Um, So uh, late to rest is more erotica because while the, you know, they're there, they're doing things, they're in the ocean exploring the ship that's not really the important part of the story that's the lead up to the uh, interaction with the 
with the uh, with the restless spirits. All right, got it. And yes, laid to rest is a horrible joke. Oh, is it? <laughs> Very intriguing. It sounds wonderful. Thank you. So, did you? So, is this your first foray? You said you write in other ways in your job and your daily life. Do is this your first foray into fiction with these three books, or have you written other types of fiction as well? Oh no, I've written other types of fiction, and really, really, real me will have a fantasy novel coming out in 2024. Oh, nice. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, no, I, I've been writing fiction since I was, oh, 14. When I, I got a book for Christmas one year, it was Susan Cooper's The Grey King. Hmm. And, um, it, which is like, Susan Cooper's a fine author and The Dark is Rising is a great series. But, that's the middle book in the series. And I didn't know that <laughs> because it was given to me as a gift and mm-hmm. I am old. So this was before the internet <laughs> <laughs> or at least it's when the internet was in its nascent stages. And so I just have this book and I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And I got wow. so mad that there were no female characters. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like 12, 13. And I decide that, well, then I'm going to write a better version of this book. And I'm going to oh. put a girl as the main character. Nice. And it was my first writing project. I never finished it. It's in a folder tucked in the far back of my filing cabinet. It was <laughs> all written out by hand on pink notebook paper. Labor of love there, writing it out hand by hand. Yeah. And and that's that is how it started. And since then I've I've had a number of short stories and poems published in different anthologies and literary magazines. But um my first the, my first novel that was published was done was of course a naughty one. People who know me are like, of course it was. That's so you. It's very on brand. <laughs> I love it. Well, cause I, you know, I was the, everyone has the sex friend growing yes. up, like the one that you had. Yeah, that was me. I was the person that everyone came to with weird esoteric questions about sex, yep. which I always found weird because it's like, I haven't had sex either <laughs> at the point when people are asking me things. Uh, but I guess I just had the confidence and I read the right books yeah, mm-hmm. and I had a stuff. lot of opinions. <laughs> right. And you just knew stuff. They knew you knew stuff, right? They knew. Yeah. They knew I knew stuff. I think it's so interesting. I mean, almost every writer I talk to, every author, they wrote at some in some capacity as a child or as a teenager, mm-hmm. like them early. And they may have taken a big giant break. And even if they didn't actually write much, they thought about it. So it's something that always seems to be born when we're young, right? I mean, I think it seems like mm-hmm. almost everybody I talk to says that. Yeah. I, I found that you know, obviously I don't have exhaustive knowledge of all authors, but I found that a lot of the people that I've spoken to who are like, oh no, I didn't start writing until I was 30. I'm like, you didn't do anything? Oh, well, I used to like make little doodles and I used to write up about, you know, I used to like make little characters or something, but I didn't like write a novel. I'm like, well, that's not, no one, very few people, I won't say no one because who knows, but very few people wrote a novel at 10. But if you were, 
you know, but if he were sitting there going, and her name is Alora, and she has purple hair, and she is the princess of whatever, just as you're, you know, you're still creating a story. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, 100%. And yeah, some people don't actually evolve into writing something bigger until they are older. And that's totally fine. But yeah, you're right. There, There's more seedlings to becoming an author than actually, you know, sitting down and writing something long as a Mm -hmm. young person. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you plot things out. So do you consider yourself more a plotter? Do you pants at all? Or you just pretty much stick with the the line? I am a planster. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Uh, Because I don't, I admire people who can do a really involved outline and be like, this is what's going to happen in every chapter. I admire that. I am incapable of doing it. Mm. I actually found an outline that really works for me. uh, And it's a, it's actually, uh, it's a script outline. Mm. Uh, But the thing I like about it is that your first step is just to go through and be like, here are the, the hard plot points like here's the here's what the word's not coming to me oh but like here's the first conflict here's the secondary conflict here's the Mm -hmm. rising action and that works for me because then I can just give myself kind of like a roadmap yep um to roughly keep me where I'm going but much like my relationship with Google Maps, that doesn't mean I will listen to it. And sometimes <laughs> I will veer wildly off to the side because I feel like it, but at least I can find my way back. Uh, and that's how I, that is how I write. And then half the time, what I will do is I'll, I'll make this structure start writing and then have to go back and look at the structure and go, oh, actually, I didn't do that. Right. So it's kind of like a tentative plan, but it's not too not mm-hmm. too structured at the beginning. It can can go its own way if it ends up happening. Yes. No, exactly. Um, yeah. I know a lot of authors that do that. And some some do like a very little amount, some do more. And you know, a lot of people will say, Well, the character wanted this to happen, so it did. Do you have any of that that goes on where the character kind of like comes to life and starts to steer things? Oh, absolutely. No, it so I thought so I thought this was funny because um I am bisexual and it's hard to find bisexual characters in media mm-hmm. unless unless they're very stereotypical. Mm-hmm. And so I find that I write a lot of bisexual characters. But the so for the fantasy novel that's coming out in 2024, the main character is straight. And it shook me when I realized it because I was like, okay, and this is going to happen. And then you're going to have this side character and you two will have a brief romance. And then like she popped up in my head and went, no, no, I don't like girls. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry, what? You what? <laughs> the... And then the other side of that was that the um, so the the fantasy story has a little bit of it's it's not super obvious, but it has a little bit of reverse harem vibes. Okay. Yep. Because there are like four men that only two of them are really important, but there are like four men who are like, oh hey, by the way, hi. <laughs> and uh, 
two of those men are involved with each other. And that was another thing that I wasn't expecting. But as I was writing it, I'm like, no, actually, this makes perfect sense. Of, Of course, you have this relationship. And yeah, no, there are a lot of moments where the character is just like, oh, no. I know what you were thinking, but that's not what's happening here. And I'm like, damn it. Okay. Oh, I gave you too much autonomy. <laughs> I know. It's really cool, though. I think when that happens, when things just start to like flow like that, I think that's a mm-hmm. really cool phenomenon that many writers experience as they're writing. Yeah. No, it, it's it's interesting. And I, they are, to a degree, my characters are all real to me. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can picture them. I can hear their voice in my head if I focus really hard. Like I, mm-hmm. I can see them as a person. And so, in the same way, when you would be thinking, even though this is a person I created, in the same way that you would think of your friend and be like, well, I know what she likes and I know what she would or would not do, you find yourself doing that with the character, and mm-hmm. some. And and sometimes you're like, well, I made you this way, so I have to accept that you're not going to do this thing I intended you to do (laughs) because I made you this way. Right. And just like people, we aren't always going to do exactly the same thing or the expected thing because that's the way we are. No, absolutely. I think it's interesting, too, like how people, because I also do audiobook narration, and I think it's interesting how people, like you're talking about, hear a voice in your head for a character. And then when you audition, it's like sometimes it just doesn't fit at all because it doesn't fit with the author's vision of what that character would have sounded like. And it's so interesting to me that that's that that guides people in picking narrators as well, because I can see that. Yeah, it's like it's in our head. Oh, no, that doesn't fit. Or, oh, yes, that's it. You know? Mm -hmm. Very intriguing. No, no, I I agree. It is. So I, um, we had spoken earlier. I'm going to provide you with an excerpt from yes. the story. Part of why I want to do it later and fix it and then send it to you is because there are four accents in this section yeah. that I want to read, and yeah. I don't want to screw them up. Because <laughs> they can be very challenging, exactly, especially on the spot, you know, like yeah. And and the jumping back and forth, like like mm-hmm. Ellie, the main character, is a Southern Belle, mm-hmm. so she's got a real heavy. Oh Lord, no. Okay, I'll do that later. I don't have time right now. Type voice. <laughs> <clears throat> Whereas, you know the 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 ghosts, the sailors, were English pirates. Yeah. <laughs> And so when I was doing test reads earlier and I'm jumping back and forth, I like Ellie kept ending up with a Scottish accent and I'm like, no, stop, stop. (laughs) So it's not working. It's not working. Try again. Try again. (laughs) Exactly. Now, do you, because I know a lot of people say this and I actually think this really helps to actually read your books out loud as a form of editing. Do you do that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Because it's, it's so different on the page than it is when you're speaking. And I have caught so many things, oh, especially especially in dialogue, mm-hmm. because you're like, well, I want them to say this. And then you read it out loud and you're like, people don't talk that way. Fix it. <laughs> right. Right. Or you just find errors. Like sometimes I'll find a weird typo, like you got the word head instead of heard, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know some people use reading programs to do that, but I, I read it myself. 
That's very good. Now, what else do you do for your editing? Because you said you kind of do a lot of the editing when you're when you're working together and creating mm-hmm. something. Do you have a process? Do you use certain programs? What do you usually do for editing? So I don't use any sort of writing program. I know a lot of people love Scrivener and Grammarly and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't, I've had just enough friends have lose progress in Scrivener that I don't mm-hmm. trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I won't use Grammarly on principle because I have three degrees in English. Ah, uh, yes, I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm not doing it. Not going to do it. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> and also, because I write a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, I use a lot of words and phrasing that aren't oh. quote-unquote real English. Yes. And so it's like, no, please, I try. I swear that's what it's supposed to say. <laughs> we had a little bit of an issue with that, uh, just with um, my regular writing programs, things because we use Google Docs and I use mm-hmm. Word and Google Docs a lot. Uh, but I have a little bit of a problem with Docs flagging words that I used and laid to rest because they're archaic. Wow. Because we had to research slang mm-hmm. from the golden age of piracy. Got it. And uh, w- one of the ones that like have the document in front of me right now that Google still hates is Chisler. Mm-hmm. It's like, nope, that's a real word. Stop. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. <laughs> I can totally imagine that because that's how the, those books are. You know, they have all these different city names or character names or even, yeah, words that are not mm-hmm. commonly used. Yeah. So, uh, but so how editing tends to go is that I take my first draft and once it's complete, I try not to look at it for at least like a week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just to step away from it and what have you. And then I will do an initial pass where I take it from the first document and copy over chunks of it at a time and edit those chunks as I'm moving them. Got it. And then that's, that's pass number one looks like. And then if possible, I will get somebody else to look at it at that mm-hmm. time, uh, which has been great in the, it's been great being a part of the erotica consortium because someone's almost always willing to do a quick pass over your story right. uh, and be like, Oh, I saw that this was weird. A little harder to get that for the full length novels, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I imagine. <laughs> yeah. And so if possible, I'll have someone take a pass at it and just flag anything confusing mm-hmm. and go and I'll look at it again, do an edit again. Once I've edited it about three or four times, I will send it to my editor. Yep. And I have a friend I've known forever. He used to do localization editing for Nintendo Mm. and then started freelancing because working for Nintendo in the U.S. is a very unpleasant experience. Got it. Okay. (laughs) They have they have a whole thing about abusing their contractors. No, that's not good. But so he, I send it to him for editing. He goes through, does a, and flags anything that he didn't, that anything that he thought didn't read well. Right. And then I will go through again, 
And if, and then I will have him do one more pass for any grammar, anything like that that was missed. And particularly if there was anything that I had to make a significant change to. Mm-hmm. And at about that time, we ship it. Yeah. It's all, everybody has their own process, but you have to have some sort of process. And I think you, I think it's essential to have mm-hmm. an editor. I just do. I just, some of these people don't do that. And I'm like, you gotta have, you gotta have somebody look at it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't write in a vacuum. It doesn't work. No, no. And if you're so far in your head and you don't realize it, and that's why you need someone else to look at it and be like, well, that doesn't make sense, but it might make sense mm-hmm. in your head because you're the creator of it. Of course. Right. Well, sure. Yeah. It's like, well, no, you, I wrote it. Of course that makes sense. And then somebody comes through and goes, okay, but where are they? Oh, right. You missed one little important piece here. Yeah. Orientation where they are. Exactly. Yeah. No, one of the funny things that I do do that uh, I imagine is fascinating for anyone walking by at the time is when, when I'm going through the editing process and particularly with sex scenes, I will like kind of sit at my desk and move my hands and try to okay all right so I say she put her hands up through her hair what would that okay yeah. it would kind of she'd have to bend this way no that you can do that you can do that every once in a while though I'm like no no nope she is not a medal winning yoga expert that's not gonna okay let's fix that one yeah I know I've done the same thing too and I've even watched you know, porn clips to be like, is this, is this, does this, you know, just to like, you know, get something in your brain? Is this even like physically possible? I know sometimes things they do seem impossible, but uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah, I do the same thing. I've, you know, I've gotten off of my chair and like moved a certain way or whatever, be like, try to imagine what it would be like to do that. And is this possible? Does this make sense? Does this description make sense? Yeah, no. And I, I know that more than once I've had either my husband or someone walk by as I am on the edge of my chair with my back arched and my hands and my hair and they're like having fun. And I'm like, I'm just making sure the body moves this way. Leave me alone. I love it. I think that's so cool. It's so funny though, because yeah, it's something, I don't know. I feel like it's a necessity sometimes in some of the things you write. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, and I think I think there's a... There's a, you need a level of, especially when you're writing erotica, you need to make sure there's a level of visceral in what you're writing. So you need, you really need to make sure you understand the feel of how someone's positioned. Something that I was speaking with a reader a little while ago, who's also a good friend of mine. And one of the things she said was that, I love the fact that you describe the way things smell. Yeah. Because that's part of what really draws me in is those details that make it feel physical, that make it more real. And so, no, I think it's important that you're sitting there twisting, going, but how does this feel in the body? Because how else are you going to convey that in a way that makes sense to other people? Right. And I think conveying the senses is like that. And also spatially, like you said, it's how does this happen spatially? It's just, it's just. Does this seem like it would be possible? Does this make sense to people? Because if they're just sitting there being confused, then you've lost your reader. Yeah. If you, you know, if if they can't track what you're doing and they can't be in the moment, then you've pulled them out of the narrative. And mm-hmm. I think, and you don't want to do that regardless of what you're writing, right? But I think right. particularly in erotica where, you know, let's be honest, the goal is to arouse someone. 
if you're really lucky, possibly get them off. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think anything that is narrative breaking in erotica is less forgivable. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, because right. of what the purpose of the story is. Totally. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I totally agree. I think that's spot on. Yeah. So when you're writing things, do you tend to write sex scenes of things you've done or things you want to do? Do you draw on your own experiences or do you just like to make things up that you haven't done? So I do draw on my own experiences a lot. And thankfully, I'm an adventurous person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, um, it, I, my approach to sex has always been, well, how will I know if I don't try it? Right. Now this this has meant that there are a number of things that I've done and gone well never again and <laughs> done with that <laughs> yeah but I can take those experiences and go okay but if I were the type of person that enjoyed that right what would that look like there are like there are some of the things that I that I write about are things I would like to do mm-hmm. um. Uh, like, I don't know, at the risk of venturing into TMI land. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally fine. Go where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured this was a safe place for that. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, so a few of my stories do have uh, double penetration in them, which is not something mm-hmm. I have ever done. Right. But there is a little voice in my head that goes, oh, God, but before I die, maybe we could just make it happen somehow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not sure, but maybe just some way. Um, so like, so there are a few things like that, that are, they're not really in my current wheelhouse, but they're in my, well, you know, if the stars aligned and I could make this happen. So we're going to do it vicariously through my character instead. It'll be great. That's right. You know, and you can research things. You can read online. You can talk to people who have done that particular thing. If you haven't, you can do research. Absolutely. And I don't think it's much of a stretch when you've already had sex in many different ways. It's not that much of a stretch to think, okay, what would it be like to do X or Y, you know? Yeah, no. And, and I, and I agree with that. And I, um, I, so I, I personally am not a terribly kinky person, but I, I would call myself kink adjacent. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Well, I know there are a few things I really enjoy. I know a lot of people in the community. My big, my big uh, tripping point is that I'm just not into pain. Mm-hmm. And I've tried. I put in my time. <laughs> uh, turns out, nope, doesn't matter how you do it. Don't really like being hurt. Right. Um, I have stubborned through more than one scene in my youth because I'm mm-hmm. like, no, I, I want to try this. Right. And afterwards, they're like, so how do you feel? I'm like, I'm going to take some Advil and probably never call you again. But thank you very <laughs> much. And bye. Well, um, you tried it and you, yeah, and it just wasn't for you. Nope, just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. But but I do have a lot of friends in the kink community. And I have been involved in uh, uh, the Seattle Erotic Art Festival for, oh, geez. 14 years now. Oh, wow. Nice. And so I have a really broad base of people to consult Nice. when I'm like, all right, but what is this like? You know, I I have people that I can call up and go, okay, so I know this is going to be weird, but I know you're into this. 
can you describe it to me? (laughs) (laughs) Like, like the sensation, like, how do you feel when this is happening? Like, what are the sensations? And there are a few things that I just won't write about mostly Mm -hmm. because like needles squick me out. I can't do it. No, I cannot write anything with blood. Like, no, no, no needles, no blood. Yep. I can't do it. Oh, me neither. (laughs) Yeah. I have a couple friends that are really into needle play and I'm, and I'm just like, no. Why did you have to make that your profile picture stuff? I know. Or people that use knives. So I'm like, no, <laughs> not unless you're like scraping off some wax or something. Okay. If you're piercing any kind of skin, I'm out. Nope. 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 <laughs> I have I have delicate, fragile, ladylike skin. <laughs> and again, pain. I mean, that's, you know, that's. that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. my thing either. I'm not I'm not going to do any kind of, you know, metal poking things into my skin. No way. Yeah. Like there are some things that I can just say no to, but for some reason needles just squick me out so hard yeah. and I'm like, mm-hmm, nope, can't do it, can't do it. <laughs> so, so there will never be needle play in any of my works. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> do you think, where do you think you're going to go in the future? Do you like have more plans of what kind of, where you're going to go and what kind of books or any ideas? Oh, so many. So uh, we are going to be, there's definitely plans for more books. We're going to be wrapping up Bella's stories. There's going to be one more book in that series called Sea Lily. Uh, Well, there's going to be one more book in one story because there's going to be a tiny little epilogue story that just gets like released on the website after Sea Lily. Okay. but I can't tell you what it's about because that would be serious spoilers. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so uh, we're going to be writing Sea Lily. That's going to be another novel length piece. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with the Erotica Consortium. We do, we do seasonal stories. So there's going to be a Halloween collection coming out with them oh, and nice. probably more than likely a like winter holiday collection. And, but the, the big thing that I'm looking forward to working on is that, so back to the whole writing a story about uh, villains that look hot and maybe they're not villains. Um, Talis and I, when we jumped into this adventure actually wrote over 700,000 words of a erotic fantasy romance. Oh, wow. That's a lot of words. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge story. It has an epic arc that you know starts out with a you know it's it's a full hero cycle starts out with a plucky young character who goes and saves the world and has just copious amounts of sex while doing so (laughs) nice (laughs) you know there's a you know there's a forgotten goddess there's a forgotten god of lust that like all of these things and we wrote it and put it together and it was such a monster. It was like, I've got to come back to this way later. And it needs so yeah. much work. And because that was our first attempt at writing something. So it went all over oh. the place. We didn't sure. use an outline at all. It, mm. you know, but it, but it's an incredible story. And then we actually wrote Frostflower while we, while I was taking a break from that. Oh, okay. Sure. Because I, um, and then Frostflower ended up being charming and manageable. <laughs> <laughs> big difference i know right <laughs> yeah and and so my hope is um that soon i i revisit that fantasy story and start 
I think it's going to need to be broken down into like four books. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to need to be chopped up. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we've had we've had lots of brainstorming meetings over like what do we need to change? How do we make sure that each chopped up bit has a has a story arc in it that leads into the larger arc? Right. Uh, so I, we have all the notes. We have all the adjustments. It is time to finally revisit the monster and. <laughs> turn it into something that we are ready to share with the world. Yeah, definite monster. That's a good word for it, being that long. It's, it's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> it's hard, though. It's it's hard to take something like that, which you didn't have natural breaks in, and figure out mm-hmm. where you're going to chop it up. You know, like, that's the challenge. Yeah, because we were writing it. Like I said, we didn't really have, we didn't have that initial light framework. And so we just kept mm-hmm. going. And and there and there are sections of it where it's like, did you really need four chapters where she has sex with everyone in this encampment? <laughs> it's like, right. well, no. <laughs> right. Maybe we can probably cut some of that down. Right. I mean, you could do what other people do too, like take some of that out and publish it as a story adjunct to the the book. Right, like, right. Yeah. No, that. absolutely. Yeah. No, there are a lot of opportunities in this for that. It doesn't have to be completely dead and gone and delete it. You know, it can be used in another way. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. Now, what advice do you have for people that want to start writing erotica? Do you have any advice or something that you've learned that's like was an aha moment that you think would help people? Yes. So the first thing is more of a general bit of advice, and it just has to do with encouragement. And it's something that I say to everyone who wants to write, regardless of what they want to write. And that is that it does not matter how many authors are out there because no one will write a story the way you will write it. No one will write something the way, no one will have the perspective that you have with your lived experiences and the things that you have done. They may be similar, they may be adjacent, but no one will write something the way you will write it. So don't be discouraged about, you know, how many people out there are writing, just write it anyway. 100%. And the bit of advice that I have for writing erotica is that while it can be tempting to lean into what feels popular or like you know that someone has a lot of success with um, like hot wife stories. I have a bunch of friends that write hot mm-hmm. wife stories yep. and I'm just not into it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've thought about writing it, but it's just not, it's enough not my thing that I can't really get into, can't get into the groove with it. And so don't worry, doesn't matter how popular you think something is, don't force yourself to write sexy things that you personally don't think are sexy. Oh, I so agree with you. Like, you've got to, if you don't find it hot, how are you going to expect somebody else to? Right, right. So, you know, don't, don't just, don't try to force yourself to cater to the masses. You, you've got to be, you've got to be invested. And if you think it's sexy, someone else will think it's sexy. And I guarantee you, you'll find your niche. Yes. There's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, they used, used to have this t-shirt that said, I'm somebody's fetish. Ah, I like that. <laughs> and, and like, think of your writing the same way. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. I totally agree. Well, this has been so amazing. Will you tell everyone 
where they can find your books and find out more about with you and connect with you. And I'll put the links down in the podcast show notes as well. But if you mention it here, I think it helps for people to help. Oh, yes, absolutely. So you can find all of the books on Amazon, of course, and on uh, Kobo and Barnes and Noble. Um, like we try to just dis- disperse as widely as possible. <laughs> yes. If you go to solarstories.com, you will be directed to all the places you need to be directed to, or go to our link tree, which is Solar Stories, and we that is where all the breadcrumbs exist to lead you to where you need to be. Um, and I'll put that down in the show notes too, so people can just click right through. And then I know you're on Twitter. Are you on any other platforms that people could connect with you? And what's yes. your at? Yeah. The so I'm on Twitter as Clea Salar. We're on Instagram at Salar Stories. We're even on Facebook at Salar Stories. Uh, and that's all for right now. I know okay. I need to get over myself and hop onto TikTok and do something meaningful there. I'm working <laughs> on it. I'm working on it. Takes work, TikTok, and I'm a perfectionist, TikTok. which is not a healthy combination. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be careful on TikTok because they are very, very anti-sex over there. So you have to be very, very right. Careful. Yes, you have to frame everything delicately. Exactly. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. I love talking with other writers, and this has been wonderful. So, thank oh, you this so has much. been a blast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I have had a great time. This has been the fabulous. Flew by way too fast. I'm like looking at the time. I'm like, dang, that's not like five <laughs> minutes. You know, like, are you sure it's up? Is it lying? <laughs> thank you so much. You have an amazing day. Oh, you too. This was fantastic. I really can't thank you enough. Oh, I'm so glad you came. So fun to meet you. You too. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Wow. Thank you for listening. That was so much fun. I had a blast talking with her. I love talking with other writers. Don't forget to check out down in the podcast show notes, all her links to all her stuff where you can find her and connect with her, read her work and get turned on, baby, and have a damn good time. (laughs) And, you know, I have books too. Check out my books. My links will be down in the podcast show notes too. Check Ruin Willow on your favorite place you buy books and audiobooks, and I probably have something there. I am constantly creating new content, and of course, if you like my podcast, please follow that and subscribe and join and give me a review. Give me a rating. It really helps me grow when you do that. Same with the books. Thank you so much for listening to this, and don't forget to enjoy your body, baby. You were given these organs for a reason. Natural self-pleasure, natural pain reliever, mood lifter, making you feel amazing and relaxed, stress reliever, fuck yourself. Bring yourself an orgasm or fuck your partner or partners. Just get there, baby, however you want. Just make sure you come today. Don't forget to come today. Have an amazing day and enjoy your body. Enjoy your sexuality. Listen to sexy stuff to help you get there. Mm, So much you could do. Read, listen, watch. Hey, Whatever gets you there, baby. Just make sure you come today. Oh, fuck yeah. You have an amazing day. Thank you for listening this far. If you're still here, you fucking rock and you are my favorite listener, baby. (laughs) If you have any ideas for me that you want me to do, email me at ruinwillow at gmail.com. I'm always open to new ideas. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.